and a hearty welcome on a Friday afternoon to everybody out there. This is Tyler of the Between Two Wheels podcast, episode 231. Today, we're going to talk. Hey, bike racing, it finally happened. Real in-person bike racing happened in Northern California. We'll talk about that, go over some results. Uh, Old men complaining online, that never stops. At least we have that. Uh, We'll talk about Flanders, Pies Basco, Skeldapreis. Got it all coming up for you. But first, how's your day going? I hope everyone is having a good one. Uh, it's Friday afternoon. It, what is this? The 9th of April, 2021. Life's cruising along. I've been getting out riding. I've been a little bit more consistent. Happy about that. So, hope you are as well. We actually got to do a bike race last week. And with that bike race, it was fun. I thought we'd talk a little bit about uh, the Chowchilla crit. Uh, what was exciting about that was just not only going out and doing a race, but uh, seeing a bunch of old friends and people and laughing and having a good time. I did a little bit of racing myself and it was honestly, it was a little odd just getting back into it. Uh, Felt a little sketchy to begin with, Uh, but about halfway through, decided to get a little more aggressive as far as moving around and field and felt fine. Uh, I did watch some of the videos that were out there. Sean Begley had a good one from the 45s. Um, Mark Tucker had a few videos. There was a Legion of LA had a little bit thing. Linder did one on NorCal cycling. Uh, there was some also uh, a harrowing view of the cat four five race video rear camera. Uh, that one, that one took some nerves just to watch. Uh, I don't know if anybody else got to see that, but, um, I hope they, they are able to do so. Um, look, I thought I would start off with just a little bit of reminiscing. If you're new to the program, what, well, first of all, welcome. Uh, but, I thought maybe I'd give you a little little understanding of kind of where our show has gone and um, maybe I'm going to play a little clip here of an old show, but because I thought about it when I played a clip, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Chris Horner. He's got a show covering every attack with their domestiques. Going going too soon to Chris Horner, but uh, I will say with this about Chris Horner, uh, he's got a show called The Butterfly Effect. He does a great job of analysis. And I, I came across this little uh, nugget from him the other day, and I thought we'd play it. Here he goes. Okay, Van Honeybook, great writer. We saw him win for Jumbo Visma. Walt Van Art win Gent Welbeckham because he had one domestique with him that controlled everything to the finish. That let's play that one more time. Every attack with their domestiques. Okay, Van Honeybook. Van Honeybook. That, I think he meant Van Hoydonk. Uh, and look, I'm not one to make great uh, pronouncements on, on pronouncements on names. So I thought I would play that because I thought it was very interesting. And then it reminded me of uh, a show we did. One of my favorite ones, uh, episode 90 of the Between Two Wheels podcast called That's a Rough One, Guanji. We talked about some transgender issues and complaints du jour. But um, this was our lovely co-host here, Chris Flower. and Kind of um, a cool opportunity for some of the, the guys that didn't get um, a lot of sprint opportunities earlier in the year to, to show their stuff as the year closes out. So stage one, Dylan Grunewagen. Yeah, let me ask you this. Did you did you put these in with voice to text or did you type them in? I typed Because it says Greenwagon. It does. <laughs> Uh, Moscon's first name changes halfway through as well. <laughs> okay, so or, or did you have your assistant do this? It's much yeah. more American by the by the end, <laughs> Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. Continue uh, so on. Dylan Grunewagen. Greenwagen. He won the first stage over Max Walsh, Walshied. Um, 
From it says Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> These were supposed to be reviewed and edited, I thought. I We don't have that kind of budget. Oh, now you tell me. Uh, stage two, um, Bora. They've got a sprinter, Ackerman. I'm not too familiar with him, but he beat uh, Grunewagen. Um, Grunewagen kept the uh, the leader jersey through that day. Stage three, same thing. <laughs> these, these names. It's like the... Uh, the cycling computer game that didn't get the licensing rights. <laughs> so right. They're all just a little off. <laughs> Fabulous Fabio ja- Jacobson. Soft J. Oh, sorry. Jacobson. Thank you. Uh, these, uh, these edit notes for me, this is like a script, you know, <laughs> laughter. Yeah. Uh, with Must the be. win. Ackerman second. Wall Street third. Wall Sheed. <laughs> it's definitely not Wall Street. <laughs> no. All right, so a wonderful, good time. By the way, uh, that's one of my favorite episodes to go back to. Uh, we don't, uh, we have good times. We used to have good times. Let's see, so we got some chats here. Uh, Jason Smith says, yay, just about to head out on a ride. So I, if I keep listening, does it count as a team ride? Yes, it does. Jason, keep going. Uh, Chris Flower, does this have show have upgrade points? No, mostly downgrade. And I thought we would play one more item here. This was from... Uh, Flanders and uh, my friend Jonathan Scriven sent this to me and it's a little bit of a break check. So this happened uh, right away the first part of the stage of uh, Flanders. Um, you're going to see a, an Astana rider come up to the front here and go in front of Alpeson and then kind of get a, a B&B Hotels rider going on here. So let's take a look here. The rider's going up there. There's the Astana rider and he sides. He's pounding away. The guy's on his wheel and all of a sudden he is going to just kind of sit up I don't know. Maybe it wasn't the right thing to do. This guy. Oh, <laughs> overreactions uh, galore. And here you go. Now I'm going to run into these guys. Oh, it's a Bora rider. Okay. Um, this is just the craziness that happened uh, going into uh, Flanders. Uh, some crazy shit going on. Uh, Fedorov does a completely unnecessary brake check. Vergerd intimidates Fedorov. Fedorov fueled by adrenaline intends to do the same. Based on the rules, both should be DQ'd. Um, and Chris, we had an issue uh, talking about some DQ stuff, and we'll go over that with Pies Basco maybe, just uh, going over it real quick. But first, I thought we'd talk about Skeldapris. And Skeldapris was a race, one-day race, kind of a sprinter's come, on, come one, come all uh, race that we have there this week in, what is it, in, in Belgium? And you had it was pretty flat, so ends up getting a breakaway. And with that breakaway, um, I mean, look, we'll play actually the last kilometer here. Um, maybe not, hopefully, not get uh, a, a strike against us. But the last K is pretty interesting because uh, you ended up having a breakaway. And with that breakaway, you had uh, what, three or four Dequanic quick step riders in there, you had some Alpeson Phoenix riders in there, uh, which was. Uh, Philipson was in there. You had Sam Bennett. You had Cavendish in there. So, and you had Morkov. So it was all look. The the main guys were up front, ready to to, to go for it. And here is your final 1K. We don't really need to listen to it, but the overhead shot. You can see that coming into the finish here on the left hand side. You end up having Dequan a quick step. Cavendish is coming in behind Bennett's wheel he's sitting on Bennett's wheel and then Alpeson over here on the far right you end up seeing them kicking hard uh it's on the left as it's coming towards the screen and um Morkov kind of boxes in Bennett and Bennett's kind of hesitating and he's leading out Cavendish I don't know Cavendish is kind of hanging out over there Cavendish ends up doing a nice third place you think oh second and third on the place on the day but Alpeson Phoenix ends up getting the win and kind of showing off in a sense 
of uh, the real sense of uh, the, the the form there. So you had let's go to the the results page. Jasper Philipson gets first, Sam Bennett in second, and Mark Cavendish and Sir Danny Van Poppel for uh, Wanty uh, and Gobert. Or it used to be Intermarsh. Uh, Clement Russo, Pascal Ackerman for Bora, Luca, Giancomo. And so look, solid group there. Max Wall Street, as Chris would be uh, want to say. Uh, okay, so what I just want to say here initially is, um, I think Decoyne Quick Step screwed themselves over. They had Morkov, their best lead out rider, for their best sprinter, Sam Bennett. This should not have been uh, much of an issue there. Uh, but they got a little confused with their sweeper, Cavendish. What, what's Cavendish doing there? He's sitting on the back. He's not helping the whole time. Then the sprint comes down, and he sits on the back. Is he sweeping? Uh, maybe. So he gets third. He feels good about that. But I think they really blew it because he probably should have been leading out uh, Morkov. He should have been on the front, hitting it early. Morkov had to go a little bit later. And then as it is, he's dying. He pulls into the middle. It's more confusion. And I don't know if the team was confused or they were trying to be nice to Cavendish and say, hey, you sit on, see what you can do. You're not going to really be Bennett, but you could come along for the ride. I think that's exactly what happened. And uh, well, they got second and third. You should still feel good. But Jasper Philipson ends up getting the win. I think they shit the bed in that one, and they uh, they deserve to be so. Um, nice. I remember last year Wiggins is saying, "Oh, uh, Cavendish, he deserves just by merit of his his long standing uh, with the king and the queen, and actually just his long standing in, in the world of cycling, he deserves to just be on his spot." And I'm like, "Eh, not really. I mean, it's all about merit based as far as the last bit. Maybe he turns into a DS or something else. There, this seems like a charity case type of thing. And you say that with him getting third, but with this team, there's no reason that they shouldn't have uh, actually won on that day. So, uh, Skeldapris, interesting, but um, you know, it's kind of the way it was. What else do we have here? We had Flanders going on. So Flanders, uh, kind of step back a little bit. I don't know if you end up seeing that, but it, it came down to Vanderpool. Uh, look, you had had the week before uh, Vanderpool. He was getting dropped out of a break. Uh, was that E3? I'm not sure. It was one of those Gevelgem. Maybe it was E3 or one of those races. It did not look good. And everyone's like, hey, kind of what's happening? And then you have um, Perry Ribay being pushed off. So everyone's kind of reformatting their racing and everything's on for uh, Flanders. Comes in there, Wout's looking good. He's got it up the road, but he's doing a lot of work the whole day. He ends up getting dropped out of the break and he just got Asgreen, who had won previously. Uh, I'm trying to remember which race it was, but he had soloed off uh, Wobblegum, I think it was in that one. And then he's up there with um, Matthew Vanderpool. And you're like, well, it's going to be Vanderpool. I mean, you're not going to out sprint him uh, at, in this race. And he starts to lead out the sprint maybe a little early. And Asgreen holds on. Asgreen starts kicking on the line. And when you can tell that uh, Matthew Vanderpool was not going to make it, he just kind of gave up. I think he was spent. He'd put in a lot of work. And uh, Asgreen ends up getting the win for Flanders. So he's really coming of age and having a great season, uh, being able to pull some things off. You saw that with the break a few weeks ago or a few, you know, last week or so, and then saw him getting a break here and uh, winning in a two up sprint against Matthew Vanderpool. Who would have guessed? Well, I don't know. Someone might've guessed that. Uh, pretty impressive for him. Da what is he? The Danish champion. Uh, also, I you know, always say this, uh, tour of California winner up on at heavenly, a uh, big race from Folsom on up there. So it was pretty impressive for Skeldapris, done and dusted, Flanders over and over. And then we had the It's Zulia Basque Country stage race. 
also known as Pies Basco. Um, Chris Horner had previously won that, I want to say 2010. Uh, you'd had a, a moment there, I think, of Trek five straight years. They had, they had been on the podium or winning that race, so pretty impressive. It's in the Basque country. It's known for uh, a lot of the you know, climbing stuff here. And you end up having an amazing group of uh, riders uh, showing up. Roglic, uh, Pogacar, uh, Shackman, um, like I said, Roglic, uh, you had uh, Hugh Carthy. I mean, it's, it's pretty much uh, it, uh, Adam Yates for Ineos. So everything looked pretty good. Now, talk about Jumbo. Uh, they were a little diminished on the team that they sent there. As far as climbers go, I think you had Tollhook and you had Jonas Vinegard. Vinegard, Vinegard, I think, or something like that. Uh, as though the guy on GCN was calling him uh, Vingo, Vingo, I think is what he kept calling him. Uh, anyway, so they start out with stage one, and it was, let's see if we go stage one here. Uh, started out with a time trial, and the time trial looked a little bit reminiscent of, once again, uh, Planche de Belfi, stage 20 of last year's Tour de France, the one where you end up having... Um, this is about Bilbao. This is where they started, but this the the profile seemed somewhat similar to what you had in the Planche de Belfi, where it's a little bit of flat and then it has a pitch going up at the end. Uh, overall, though, you ended up having Primus Roglic. He goes out really early, sets everything on fire. He's in the hot seat for over two hours. Brandon McNulty comes in two seconds adrift. We've been seeing this. You know, we saw this with uh, what's the gentleman, the the other American last year, just barely missing out in the Vuelta to Primus Roglic in a race like this. Jonas Vingegaard uh, for Jumbo in third. Tobias Foss, another Jumbo. So Jumbo kind of all of a sudden stacks this thing up like they had just done in Paris-Nice. Uh, Pogacar, Adam Yates, Bevan, and so on. So Primus Roglic starts out first day putting himself right up in the lead and looking very good. So we're not going to go over through every single one of these stages, but what you ended up seeing here is stage two. Um, let's go to the results. Uh, a little bit of a breakaway and they had some climbs and Astana ends up riding really good. What we're seeing here and you're seeing some complaints back and forth is teams doing the work for the Slovenians. Stage three, you ended up seeing, uh, so, uh, Ron Baru, Alex Ron Baru, and then uh, Omar Fraley get the one and two over Teta Bacacar uh, on stage two. Uh, stage three, it's a much more climby stage, and you ended up seeing, once again, Pogacar and Roglic going off, and Pogacar ends up nipping uh, Roglic at the line. Valverde gets distance. Adam Yates looks pretty good in there. Who also looks good is Brandon McNulty, due to his good time trial, is slowly staying on. Now, stage two, there was an issue where Brandon McNulty had gone up trying to get in some of the break. He puts his hands over the bars. Is he going to be DQ'd for that? I don't know. Um, Chris Flower, thank you, here, uh, had looked up uh, how that's done. And there was also another thing. I'm trying to remember the writer's name uh, that had been DQ'd from a stage race for dropping his bottle. Michael Scharr, maybe, who it was. Uh, and they said he was littering or dropping bottles stuff. Um, no, there's a rally rider that dropped a, I think Michael Sharma might have dropped a bottle outside the feed zone. Uh, and then there was a rally rider that had dropped some debris and they said, oh, he was littering. Now he said he was trying to put it in his pocket. So I think one day stage races, it's just a DQ stage race. One day races is DQ stage races. There's penalties and your third infraction, I think is where you end up getting kicked out. So that didn't happen to Brandon McNulty. At least maybe there was a time penalty didn't really see it point is he's been looking pretty good but you are also seeing with these races you're seeing uh, riders uh teams that are just doing a lot of work on the front they're like hey and and jumbo doesn't have a big 
contingent here. So the other teams are doing all the work for him. Uh, Roglic being able to sit in. Then UAE, they have actually two guys up there that look a little bit more impressive. And the other teams are still doing work for them as well. Movie star. Everyone wants to be the movie star team where they come out and they hammer on the front and then blow up their team <laughs> for no reason. That seems to be the kind of the case that's happening here. Well, what was most impressive was, so we had yesterday's stage, okay? Stage five, have a little climb. Then there's going to be a dip down to the finish. Up the climb, Brandon McNulty ends up making a move up there and he gets away. Uh, but near the top of the climb, Jonas Vingegaard of Jumbo Visma actually stays with his leader and he pulls him up to the front. They catch McNulty, who's at the time, what, third or fourth on GC, 20 some seconds back. They pull him together over the top, but then as they crest the top and go on, McNulty ends up igniting again, going on further. And with so does Jonas Vingegaard. So Jonas is up there. He's like third or so, uh, right near, um, he's 13 seconds, I think, behind McNulty at the time, but he's on the team of Roglic. He ends up going ahead, and I'm like, uh, now Roglic is going to, there starts to be a gap. There's 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Now, all of a sudden, the virtual lead is going up the road with McNulty, and he's up there with Bill Bow. He's up there with Izagiri. He's up there with Vingegaard and Emmanuel Bachman, uh, Esteban Chavez. So those guys are all up the road, and the best placed overall is Brandon McNulty. And Jonas... Jonas is up there. And I'm like, he doesn't really have anybody in the back. I think uh, Tobias Foss is back there with, with Roglic. Uh, they need to bring this back because you know, McNulty is going to uh, end up being in the lead. Uh, Jonas sits on. He doesn't win the sprint. He gets fourth. McNulty gets third in the day. Uh, Pillow Babal gets second, over, and Izaguri gets first. So McNulty also gets a time bonus. With this, you should have had Jonas go b drop back right up with his team to help bring uh, Roglic up there. You're not going to, Jonas hasn't been looking as good on the climbs as McNulty has, as an example. Anyway, um, let's take a look here. Uh, give you guys the results on yesterday's stage. Is Gary Bilbao, Brandon McNulty, and then we go to the GC. This is the most exciting part. McNulty goes up to second, uh, for, uh, two places up to first. He's 23 seconds on Roglic uh, over Zvindegaard and Bilbao. Pagachar and Yates minute there. So it really all comes down to stage six, which is tomorrow. And what is that profile going to be? Well, it's mountainous and it is a shorter one. It's more like, I want to say 70. Yeah, it's 110 kilometers, like 70 miles. Some pretty good actual climbs in it. But when you have a stage like that, that is a little bit shorter, it's not like your 120 mile stage where you might be able to, uh, you know, Roglic is going to be more impressive as the day goes on. Um, now it may be hot and on like you haven't seen for a while. And so it may be really kind of restrictive for a McNulty, but I think that you may have a chance um, to actually get the overall. And then uh, we'll have to do, you know, instead of Jonas bringing Roglic back up, doing some good work, and keeping it within uh, closing distance instead who knows what's going to be but today you had a little breakaway you had two decorny quick step riders up the road with the truck guy and the teams are all thrown once again trying to chase this thing back it's not happening and uh you had honore i want to say his name is he attacks first um the truck of john bernard couldn't go with him and then you had Cherney going up the road so those two guys solo in together uh pretty impressive uh, for Dequina, they they uh, they did that one much better than they did in Skill Priest. All right, so that's what we have a Pies Basco. Why don't we go to the show that everyone's probably looking for? Here is the NorCal Chalchilla Crit 
this happened this last weekend. Is I don't know if it's Central California. Is it uh, Southern California? Is it Northern California? I took it on as Northern. So we go out there. Um, it's a race down two hours or so south of Sacramento. And four of us went down there. And it was uh, it was in a development that they just never finished. So it's all out there in open fields and you know decent roads. And the course was pretty good. It had some little switchbacks. There was a back and forth to it. There's a bunch of videos out there in, what, eight turns or so. Um, second, uh, last corner is a right-hander. It's a little more than a 90. And then the wind is kind of coming from the head and left. So you always, and the wind was pretty significant out there as far as it started to make a difference, uh, especially at the finish. Um, we had plans of going a little bit before the corner. I just didn't have the, <laughs> the good fitness or anything to do as far as the Masters 45-35 that raced together. Uh, it was a 50 minute race and um, I thought maybe we would see if we could find a video here of the finish. So I don't know if, oh, first of all, come around the finish. I see Mike Sayers and I'm like, Mike, how'd it go? Now, Mike, before the last corner, he does his seminal uh, move where he jumps off the front, take, goes into the last corner solo, and then you know tries to make it to the finish. The last finish was pretty long. We came around there shortly thereafter behind him. I saw him move. I'll have a video of the race myself from my cameras. Saw him go, yelling at my riders to to jump on because I suck and I wasn't able to go. Uh, he did the amazing move, comes around the corner, gets out in the wind, and solos into the finish. Meanwhile, the sprint is just crashing around him. And I said to him, hey, how'd you do? And he's, he looks at me with a stunned look on his face. And first of all, he said, look, the preview show, you did not mention my name. I'm like, well, we did. We brought it up. And he's like, no, you didn't mention it to me. And it pissed me off. And so I was coming out here to show, show you what I've got. Now, he's a little tongue-in-cheek with me, maybe. And Mike, I do apologize that we didn't call you out. You definitely should have been. But how about we call you out now? We'll call you out. Okay, John Simmons, friend of the podcast. Um, that's a lot of noise. We'll see if we can uh, do it a little bit again. And let's see here. So here's the finish. Uh, we can take a look at the finish here. John Simmons did this. As you can see, okay, so uh, as you're looking at it, you're looking at the riders head on. The wind is coming from their left, our right. Uh, here's Mike Sayers in the lead. He's got it. You got Sam Benedict of Mike's who was coming up close to him. Uh, Super Dave Causal is coming up with him as well. And then there's a little gap and then there's a bunch of it. Now results got kind of messed up. But let's just take a look and show you the very finish here, how they did. One more time. Okay, we can stop it right there. <laughs> Sean ben Sam Benedict of Mike's Bikes ends up with the bike throw. Mike Sayers was going to do a hand pump. And you know what, Mike? All you had to do was keep, it, uh, keep the hands down and you would have uh, ended up getting that. So now, lucky for Mike, they split the results. So it wasn't so bad for him anyway because he ended up winning. But because Sam was a 35, Sayers was a 45. Uh, but Mike, of, you know, we had, we had good laughs with him afterwards when we were talking about this. Of all people, right? It's not me who never gets to the winning circle or very often. I haven't, uh, at least lately. Uh, it's Mike who's done course dates. He's done raced in Europe. He's done, he's done it all. He knows better. So it was, and I'll say this, Mike, Mike took this very well. Yes. Chuck, Chuck laughed about that. Um, so we show it one more time just to make sure that everybody has a good understanding of how this race finish was. And, um, so you can take a look here. Oh, just got him at the line. <laughs> that is heartbreaking. 
heartbreaking to watch. It's heartbreaking to talk about, uh, but maybe a little bit more for Mike. So Mike took it well, I will say that. Um, he took some abuse on that and uh, we, we gave it to him pretty good. But like I said, for him and for some of the <laughs> relief that he at least had is he still won the 45s uh, overall. So let's take a look at the results here. Uh, and they had results bad until maybe midweek. It was um, kind of missing uh, a bunch of different people. Um, so uh, maybe that's the 45, three, fours. Let's go back here. So Mike ended up winning the 45s and uh, Sam Benedict ended up winning the uh, 35s. Okay, so you got Sam Benedict, Michael Claudio, Jeff Scott of, of our team, um, Data Driven was third, Richard Gable, I think he helped put on the race. Yes, he did, Villa Kings in fourth, Miles Lamont in fifth, Jonathan, uh, I'm not gonna get that name right, Dolce, Don Chapin, Marcus Beltramo, uh, anyway, it was a it was a good smattering of people out there. Chris Reichert comes in at 17th. He did a lot of work. Matter of fact, there was a break up the road at one point. Uh, our teammate uh, got up in there. John, uh, I'm sorry, Jeff um, Scott and Dave Causal and a few others. And Reichert went to the front for about uh, a lap and a half and just decided to pull it back. Mike Sayers in the P12 uh, 45s gets first over Dave Causal, Jeremy N Jerome Nadal, Bart Clifford, John Bergman, Sean Bagley. Uh, Hunter Zing and John Novikov down there in eighth, our teammate. Uh, I really did mess up for him. I did not to do as I should have for a good lead out. You know, these things happen. It's first race of the year. So we're still trying to work some of these kinks out. Um, juniors got a race free out there. There's a bunch of juniors, good size fields in all. Uh, our guys went and did the two threes uh, later on in the day. The wind was really picking up. Team California was uh, dominant in that. They got a group of four off the front. Um, actually, Garrett Smith of Sierra Nevada was first off the front solo, and they bridged up to him, put him out of the back. Uh, then two Team California guys, they go one, four, uh, and then there was another group of four chasing. Uh, just The wind split everything up, so um, we ended up best. It was ninth place on the day. How about, though, we took at the pro one, two, three field. Just, I, I did not stay for this race, uh, but we can just kind of look there. It was a breakaway. Tyler, uh, Williams of the Legion of LA with Luke Lamperti. It was a bike throw for Tyler over Luke. Those guys are buddies. So it was cool to see them. It's kind of a replay of Snelling, uh, miles Hubbard, John Borstelman. He's a beast. Uh, Eddie Huntsman from elevate Corey Williams then took in the field sprint over Justin Williams. And let's see uh, Jeff Linder coming in there at ninth place. Good spot him. Michael Claudio. Some of these guys did two or three races in the day. So uh, stellar work for them. I think Mark Tucker, you should be in here as well someplace. Anyway, um, I enjoyed I enjoyed doing the race. I think it was it was good to good experience. Good to go down there. Uh, fun times having uh, in all. And I think they're going to be putting on another race here. I want to say... Uh, they said first part of May. So we're going to be doing this all over again down there in Chowchilla. Hopefully I'll be able to go again. Now, look, I had reported to you all before this that I had an issue with uh, my license. And I was able to go down there. I, I was able to race. I'm finally able to have a license that uh, works now. Um, at least this doesn't say anymore on my on my thing that it's expired. It said expired the whole time I was down there. Uh, they were pretty cool about trying to help out. Um, Bella Kings, great work in getting their event coordinated. Uh, parking was really good. This is a good spot. I mean, it's, you know, you didn't need VIP parking. I, I know there were some issues about people not having their VIP parking spots, but I'll just tell you, it was not a problem for most everybody. Uh, and it's just to kind of, you know, porta potties, everything, everything went well. I know there was masking that was required down there, but um, didn't have a problem. So with that in mind, 
now uh, some other promoters are putting out some races and of course old men are complaining so i saw this on facebook yesterday and i thought i'd read it Sky Martinez, he's been putting on some races uh, and he's going to have some stuff there in Livermore. He'd kind of taken over the red kite thing and I know there's a bad taste in people's mouth and I'd reached out to him to um, come on and have some comments, but he, uh, Matt Martinez that is, but he, um, he was busy today. So maybe we'll do it next week and kind of update everyone on this, but I thought I would just read a little bit of his thing here and then bash you all for making complaints, <laughs> making complaints. Uh, hello, NorCal riders. To start off with, there was nothing underhanded or shady about using NABRA over USAC. We have kept the NCNCA aware of the possible intention throughout. We have a very intense uh, intention of paying the NCNCA surcharge. Okay, so uh, just to kind of give a heads up on some of this, <clears throat> um, he's doing a race. He's going to sanction it through NABRA, which is another organization rather than USA Cycling. Okay, you know, we've had these uh, Orba, they have it out there in uh, Oregon. We used to have a different one, I don't remember the name of it, uh, when I raced out in Colorado. Um, this is a different, it's, you know, we kind of have a monopoly on, you know, with USAC, and it's good to have some some other things here. So some people are like, oh, you're doing this, but you're supposed to pay uh, NCNCA fees and USA cycling fees, you know, it's just another thing where you're stealing money because, you know, same people come out uh, voicing their concern. Our goal is to provide, uh, he, so he ends up saying, we have every intention of paying the NCNCA surcharge. We have reached out to USAC to see if they will recognize any results for upgrading, because that's kind of what Chris had talked about here. Uh, do we get upgrade points for this? Well, first of all, I don't know if we have enough races. So um, if you guys are really concerned about upgrades, maybe just have more races and see if this happens. I mean, is, really, is that your be all end all for racing though? Uh, I guess it is. As a cat one. Um, <laughs> um, our goal is to provide NorCal riders with a quality race experience. These event opportunities came up so fast. We need to move forward quickly. So we chose the most efficient route for providing a race for you. All race standards and experiences will be the same as any other NorCal race you have attended in the past. The officiating results and service is just the same as we have provided in the past. No license is required. We just want riders to adhere to their racing, uh, their current respective categories for safety reasons. So your cat one, your cat five, do this so similarly with this NABRA type of thing, okay? Uh, we are covering NABRA license costs for all riders. There you go, people. I didn't even have to get my USAC license. I could have <laughs> skipped out on the 100 bucks for that and uh, I'd gone over and did some NABRA races, brah and been just fine. We are covering the NABRA license costs for all riders. If you would like more information, please feel free to reach out to me directly. If I don't respond to your inquiries immediately is due to the fact that I am teaching during the day. Okay, so he's teaching. Look, so um, I'm not gonna go through all the negative comments here because there were a lot. Some people are like, I can't believe you would do this. Uh, why wouldn't you get a USAC? Well, he said he wasn't able to get it quickly in time. Trust me, as some, uh, Richard Gable, I know you guys had done Vela Kings, you'd just done a race and you're able to do it. If it's anything like me just trying to figure out my license, God help us. I mean, no wonder he went elsewhere to get something done. Um, and look, it's uh, he's still gonna pay the NCA and CA surcharge, he says. He's at least declaring that out there. Um, he's paying your license fees for NABRA. It, are you guys so, I mean, you got a sticker from USA Cycling. Is that the reason that you are making sure that you are only racing under their license? People, I'm not really sure. You know, someone's like, I'm so disappointed. I'm definitely not going to do this. Um, definitely keep us updated. That's what someone says here. If USAC will recognize it. Look, so everyone's worried about their upgrade points. Um, uh, I There's, there's, 
there's a lot of complaints here. I'm just almost baffled, but hey, teach their own. So I'll see if I can get a hold of uh, Matt Martinez, have him come on, just do a quick understanding of what's going on. So check the NCNCA page for more information. Race is coming up. I know he's getting some going in Livermore. And then maybe uh, some of you, the most more vocal ones out there, I'll try to dig through some of you, or you could even send them to me. I know um, there were a few out there. I don't want to call anybody out, but if you want to uh, come and voice your complaints as well, I would uh, do. Oh, we got we got a chimer in here. All bike race. Oh, I didn't say bike. All you said bike racers are whiners. Chuck, yes, Chuck Hutchinson. I totally agree. Um, the, the the show was going to be whiners, the, the title of it. And I just went to say we had complaints. So what 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 makes you want this guy's putting on a race, Matt Martinez? He's uh, sanctioning him, and what? is his impetus to continue to do so when he gets shit like this. I know a few years ago, I don't know if he was involved in it, but um, Chico, they're changing some categories around. They're trying to make it more efficient for you know three, four days of racing. And people are like, we're not going because you don't have a master's 35 uh, to 36 uh, birthdays in March. Uh, with a cat four or five and uh, and it was just like such a specific thing that they'd wanted and they weren't having it and they're making complaints and we're not showing up and okay and then then this is then and then you don't have a 2020 with no racing as soon as we have it coming back you guys join jump on the same bandwagon i mean how many races, many races do you think you're gonna have go do a race people you win uh, i will recognize you on this show that's m- much more important than um than ca- upgrade points isn't it i think so the between two wheels rider of the week that could be you We'll have a rider of the week for the most competitive. No, that's not for the Sky Martinez race series, perhaps recognized by the Between Two Wheels podcast. I, I would give you a bottle, maybe a shirt. I have an old data-driven athlete shirt too. Chuck will ride on there. The, uh, all bike racers are whiners except this guy, and we'll have that as your podium shirt for 2021. Sky Martinez race of the year. Okay. Uh, thanks everybody. This is episode 231. Thank you for joining in. I hope you have a really good Friday. Uh, we've got some more racing coming up. Um, Brabantus Peel. I think that's the one. It, look at the Vice Pass. Pies Vasco stage race. That's going to be finishing up here. Brandon McNulty. We'll hold our finger, cross our fingers. And who's your pick for the masters? We've got golf coming up as well. Thank you everybody. Have a good one. Uh, April 9th, 2021.